Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. We are going to get to uh, Sergio Garcia a bit later in the show. It is a shorter interview, uh, a little less than 20 minutes, I think. But we want to recap the uh, Century Tournament of Champions brought to you by Alex Urban. And uh, <laughs> we got DJ and Big Randy here. Uh, before we get to that, Randy, why don't you get... A lot, a lot of people had a lot of interest about this uh, Folex series that's going to be coming out. But uh, there was some confusion around the sign-up. Why don't you enlighten us? Well, so the sign-up hasn't been posted yet, so that's probably, I'm guessing, a large part of the confusion. Uh, we were finalizing some things on the back end. My guy, Sean, at Easy Office Pools, shout out. Um, and that will drop tomorrow a.m., I would say by 10 a.m. Eastern. We will publicize on our various social media channels, and the actual site will be on our website uh, there'll be a link which feeds you onto a custom Easy Office Pools page. You can find it wherever tweets are available. Yes. Tweets. Yeah, probably just tweets. Uh, you know, Instagram. Uh, you know, wherever we can link it, we'll link it, right? But you only have like three days to sign yeah. up. Like, don't, don't delay. Yeah, and I'll include that in the tweet. And that'll be So I'm typing up a whole like rules and information page. Uh, and, you know, the, the sign-up deadline will be on there as well. One sign-up per... Email address. So this isn't something like where you want to submit like 20 different teams. Just pick one team, roll with them all year, and possibly you could be the Folex Series champion. The inaugural. The inaugural. How fun is that? Speaking of champions, uh, I think our this tournament of champions, our excitement for this event, justified. Totally justified. That was a fun little week of golf. Yeah, it was nice uh, to be kind of checked out for a couple weeks, uh, have a little tinge of, of missing pro golf mm-hmm. and yeah really delivered i mean that god damn the back nine was awesome how great is it have being in prime time i mean it just <laughs> it makes yeah. the biggest difference in the world you go out enjoy your day you don't feel like you're missing out on anything like if watching tv when it's like nice out or when it's sunny during the middle of the afternoon just always does it for, i hate doing that yeah totally agree and like watching it if, the more golf they can play out west the better i know they play a decent amount of it but that was wonderful that was a good time yeah and xander is becoming a bona fide like stud to watch i think he's been that was really 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 fun to watch i think he might be there some people were chirping like oh he's still no personality i'm like dude i don't think he has like no personality we don't know him that well yet but i don't i don't know i feel like there are people who actively suppress their personality and people who just don't jump off the page and he strikes me as a completely genuinely awesome guy who just doesn't really doesn't really jump off the screen at you or, or whatever and some people are just like that i don't i don't know i mean it's you know how hard it is Wo- like woodland your- honestly woodland's kind of like that too i mean he's he's someone that's you know people kind of <laughs> randy's smiling because i think maybe he had made a couple comments to this effect that will let him justify but uh yeah woodland's kind of like that too i think i really enjoy watching him but there's not a ton of you know excitement about his personality but you know like the people that have their personality jump off the screen or jump off the page at you we end up hating like bryson <laughs> is a big oh, person for yourself well, yeah, on that. For yourself. No, no, i don't i don't hate bryson at all the royal we the editorial we like, i'd be like people like fans yeah. will like hate you if you you run your mouth too much or say too much and it's like a very tough line to balance for sure and just be like People that are just be yourself, and that's totally fine. And that's what Xander seems super comfortable in right. his own skin. He's not trying to do too much. Or yeah, I've I've very much enjoyed watching him. And he might, I don't know. I used to think like watching Kevin Kisner was boring until like I heard from him and met him and talked to him. I was like, yeah. no, this is this guy is like the best. I mean, I don't know. Just like the 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 view you get on lot or on TV isn't necessarily like what you should decide on to root for somebody. You got some stats for us, big guy. Uh, well, let me quickly comment okay. on Woodland. I, I think, because I was kind of saying he was boring, and I, he's not my favorite guy to watch. And in, it's true he doesn't have a ton of personality, but I, you know, thinking about it, I think my opinion of kind of him being boring is more on his game. And I know he hits it a ton, but there's just not much in his game that I find uh, or that I'm drawn to. He hit some trad rockets, man. Yeah. 
He he just you know who he is for me. He's like he he falls in that Jason Day category where there's just something about it that I don't it it doesn't capture my imagination. Like I I just don't like watching them play golf. That's that's fair. It's almost like mechanical. Uh, they bully the golf course. I, I'm not sure. I that's, feel that's like a really good. I don't know why he falls in the positive category, not the Jason Day category for me. Well, Day that's, like that's tries interesting to, to think about it. murder, murder the ball. Woodland, <laughs> no, he I, successfully murders well, the ball. But like, but he maxes <laughs> yeah. out his swing. Woodland, I legitimately think swings at like eighty-five <laughs> percent yeah. intentionally and has capped himself at that and will not allow himself to absolutely go after the ball anymore. He came out on tour and was like one of the top five longest guys on tour, and I think he could be if he wanted to be, but he just decided like his game needed to change a little bit. Yeah, and I respect the hell out of it. Sure, I, he's not like yeah, he's not like. He's not my favorite player, but I like watching Woodland play. But it, it's not—he's not the easiest guy to pull for or whatnot. So he used to play basketball, Randy. Did you know that? Yeah, as, as I just found that out watching the telecast. <laughs> as former college basketball uh, yeah. dropouts, I would think you guys would bond over that. Yeah, that is kind of fun. <laughs> Shout out to the fan that brought the uh, the sign. That was a very cool Rock touch, Hawk, yeah. Jayhawk. Jay the gro- grown adult man uh, holding up the only sign at a golf tournament. Go Kansas, go Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, this tournament just makes me happy every year. I mean, it's like it's it, it's easy to see why. I mean, there's obviously the weather and the whales, and everyone's just in a good mood. But honestly, think a golf course with wide ass fairways, tons of elevation change, and guys hitting shots you just don't see them hit week to week. I don't think it's a it's a coincidence that like slower greens that are grainy that they have a hard time figuring out turns this thing kind of into less of a putting contest and watch them try to balance the winds and just hit these wild ass shots. It's a, it's it's like it is truly different and then the rest of the season becomes way more uniform. And a big shout out to the Kona Winds who decided to, to show Correct. up and buck their heads on Sunday. That's right, Kunu. Cool. Kunu brought that to our attention <laughs> yeah. before uh, yeah. before Twitter uh, and all, on Twitter. Before. Also shout out to Rolfing for becoming kind of self aware on yes. the uh, on the so, the Kona Winds thing. And, <laughs> I believe tagging us in a tweet uh, saying, hey, guys, I'm going to be talking a lot about Kona wins. I know everybody's been missing this. Here you go. And he tagged us in a tweet. I thought that was like, I see you. That was pretty good. I like it when, they, when then the, the self-awareness comes in. I was going to say, it's fun when people lean in like that. Yeah. yeah. And I get that every tournament can't be like this, obviously for obvious reasons, but uh, the small field really kind of just sets the vibe, and it kind of, I feel like it gives Golf Channel a chance to like calm down. Yeah, the pacing's really good. Not rush themselves around and not feel like they have to be talking and keeping you updated on so many other things. And even commented this on Saturday, how they just let the mics, boom mics, like right in that Bryson-Woodland pairing, and they weren't talking over it all. We heard every single word of every conversation. And on a course like this where... There's so many interesting shots. You got to really decide and commit to how you want to play it, where you want to play it safe, where you want to risk it. I thought that was cool and a wonderful little touch. And I want to encourage that kind of behavior. Please keep doing that. Praise progress. Yeah, I wonder if it. You might have to cut this, depending on how this, uh, <laughs> depending on how this take materializes. Go. Uh, I wonder if the format and the vibe of the tournament dictate that because everybody is just inherently more laid back, and the whole thing is all about just basically almost like trying to you know convey how chill you are and how relaxed everything is whereas you know on another given week the vibe kind of becomes there's a there's so much excitement going on yeah. look at how much we're we're gonna squeeze every ounce of excitement that we possibly can out of this thing and it just ends up becoming super flat because it's like that that it, it just feels super forced but but that i like that. so it's, it's almost like just Manage it's people's very, expectations. Very Xander style. Just be comfortable with yeah. who you are. Are you saying every week they don't play uh, Cheeseburger in Paradise? <laughs> <laughs> As the outro? Yeah, I might. Uh, yeah, I might. You know, second second watch. I might when I watch the all twenty two. I might have some other some other takes about the broadcast. We'll see. Uh, I mean, it, it did help that there was some tremendous golf play down the stretch. Xander definitely mega mega bucked his head today. Sixty two. In like a different win scenario, I mean, guys had to hit like I think Leash commented he had to hit driver five iron into number one, which is usually a downhill like driver wedge yeah. or three wood wedge hole or downwind hole, and uh, that was not. I wouldn't say it was a difficult condition day. I think the wind died down a little bit as the day went on, but six, no one else was putting anything up anywhere related to that sixty two. Extremely, extremely interested to see what that golf course looks like next year. Yeah, so obviously they're kind of bringing you know the cliche, bringing the bulldozers in behind behind the final group to they're in there right now to redo some stuff. Corin Crenshaw, I believe this I don't know, was it their first? It was their first first co design. Yeah. So yeah, going through to kind of redo that, and obviously you saw you know the greens have they've it's they've been on the edge. You know <laughs> the, the sod lines were were a little tough, although they looked better than they did last year. Um, 
but yeah, very interested to see kind of what they're changing. And I don't have a ton of insight on what exactly they're going to be moving around or, or tweaking, but obviously regrassing all the greens and, and figuring all that stuff out. But I would think the run up areas are probably something they want to look into. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just gotten, I'm sure they want it to play a little bit more firm and want it, want people to be able to run shots up on the greens. I imagine they'll redo some contours kind of around the greens to kick balls away. If you know, if you're on the wrong side of them, kick balls towards the hole, if you're on the right side of them and that kind of element just looks a bit lost. The greens have gotten really circular and yeah. kind of lost a little bit of probably their original shape or, I, I don't I don't know that for a fact, but I think that's kind of what they would look at with a fresh set of eyes and say, here's kind of what we need to change aesthetically. It so. is cool to see, you know, a bit of, I don't know what metric you use to kind of measure this, but it's cool to see this event have what at least feels like a little bit of a resurgence too, yeah. because I kind of look at it like the Pebble event too. I mean, five, six, seven years ago, like that event seemed like it was on its deathbed almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's hyperbole, but you know, it just was not exciting. It was not a good field. And then you had Rory, you know, start to, or I guess is Rory playing this year for the first time, I think. But before that you had, you had Jason day and Spieth and all these guys start to start to show up. Cat played that one year and you know, you you kind of go back after what Phil did (laughs) after Phil left his corpse out there in (laughs) in the the Stillwater Cove. (laughs) Those events are so good for the PJ tour because they're so different and they're so iconic and it's, it's cool to see, you know, not just the top, like not just all the energy being thrown at the majors and the WGCs, but having events like this that are such a staple, uh, just get stronger and stronger is, yeah, it's cool. And get, Rory showing up, that was a big deal. Huge and like, deal. Cat was like threatening to show up. He didn't basically. really show up on Sunday, but that's Well, another. yeah, that's, <laughs> oh, ready for a transition. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are, are you know, I, I don't know, are people are like, all right, it's time to address the final round concerns for Rory, right? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I was kind of, lethargic in my excitement for Rory's season. I think we talked about that on the last podcast. Like yeah. I'm 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 not saying he's going to have a poor season. I'm just done convincing myself that this is the resurgence. This is the year. F- fool me once, ain't going to get fool- you ain't going to fool me again. So like today I wasn't like absolutely stunned. It was nice uh, nice to see him have his wedges really dialed in for those first 3 days and it felt like yeah. maybe he's turning a corner because that's a again a difficult place to calculate wins and elevation change and grain especially when you have no experience playing there but I mean, it's hard to string four rounds together, even if you're as good as Rory is. So it's, I don't know. I, I'm not yeah. freaking out about it. I'm not, it's not that big of a deal, but um, I don't know. A lot of people are, are kind of fed up with the final round stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's not good. No, but it's not great. Yeah. Listen, we need a bigger, we need a bigger sample yeah, size. It's the first event, keep, the event keep of the relaxing. year. Some yeah. people are there on cruise control. Some people are there to win it, but Xander's the sixth range player in the world now. <laughs> Jesus, there might be too many good players. That, that might. Be, <laughs> there's so many good players. It's a yeah, and he like again sixth rank player. He was on the Ryder Cup team like three months ago, and like wasn't that close to making it. He's yeah. made a, a. I mean, obviously, winning a WGC is gonna give you a huge world ranking bump, but it's pretty impressive. Is this? Or your, is this? Is this his fourth win? This is his fourth win. Oh, Ali uh, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> fourth win. Sixty one starts. Oh my God! Is that Big Randy's music? <laughs> Do it. There have been a number. You know, there are a number of people with four career PGA Tour wins. Sure. If Scott I, Stallings. Right. He might have three. Kevin Na. No, he has two. Really? Yeah, Russ. Okay. Russ Henley might have four. Anyone uh, else? Or three. Uh, but just to pick somebody out of the air. Totally. Let's. You know, this was Shoffley's sixty-first PGA event. Four wins, you know, turned pro in 2015. Just to compare that to somebody else, I don't know. I'll pick Ricky. Sure. Do you have Southern California guy? I think it's yeah. an apples to apples. Do you comparison. happen to know when he turned pro? I'm going to guess somewhere between 2009 and 2010. Yeah, that's correct. Um, do you know how many PGA Tour starts he? <laughs> how many he has made? 180. Solly, 215. <laughs> More than that, guys. Really? Yeah, he has made. I have it in front of me, and it's two fifteen. If you want to argue that, so. <laughs> uh, well, let's. Uh, oh, he just flipped it on him. His Ricky take has been derailed. No, no, no. So he's made two hundred fifteen starts. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I guess what I, I'm presenting this without comment, <laughs> just with a smirk. No comment is the comment. Exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll throw in Abu Dhabi uh, and the Scottish Open, which are obligatory. Sure. Should be should be mentioned the, as big time worldwide wins. The defense has rested a long time ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Point point made, it point made. But four wins in sixty one starts for Zane Shoffley is that's astonishing. Yeah, it's I don't know really what you can say. Underrated, no more. All right, what do we think about the new rules? 
seeing i mean we knew about the rules but seeing him play out on tv <laughs> my take hasn't changed in the last yeah. uh the last four or five the, days the putting thing is so weird uh, it's just it like, was weird i will say the one thing i've come come around on woodland even had a couple of like 30 foot kind of sliders downhill where he left a pin in i was like okay that kind of makes sense you know if you get a little cheeky and and it's running downhill you want to slow it down like that's fine i can see that uh but yeah like the seven eight footers putting with the pin in is is very weird am i alone here does the pin does the hole look smaller when the pin is in for sure totally like yeah. visually which i it would make sense bryson's the only guy that can kind of separate <laughs> yeah the information that his eye is telling his brain and just <laughs> overruling it and it just doesn't look right you know just i'm sure we'll get used to it it's uh, it's like any change to any social media app that you use every day it's like it just sure. doesn't look right <laughs> and then like three days later you're like oh, okay that's that's probably why they did this yeah but i don't know it, it, it i just don't understand like why guys do it some of the time and not all the time you would think as much as these guys are in routines that they would want something consistent and uniform and like if the science says you should leave it in then like you should probably leave it in all of the time or if the science says you shouldn't it probably should be out all the time but I just hate that this is kind of a thing. I didn't really see enough of like one guy putting with it out and then them putting it back in. I think that's kind of what's going to be the dividing line. Guys aren't going to make their caddies put it back in for them, but if they're the first to putt and it's already in and they want to leave it in, they might just go for it. That might maybe that's what it is. I was trying to kind of figure out what the common thread was on yeah. on Bryson. Like he had like a seven footer on eighteen where JT had already put it out and he had the pin out. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm not um, really sure. The dropping from the from the knee thing, watching Bryson go through that on Saturday was <laughs> tremendous. He's he's like talking to the first of all, the rules official rolls up in his Hawaiian button down shirt, which is and, great. They should wear those every yes, every week. They should. And he's like, I, so I have to drop it from the knee, and he goes to do it. He's like, this is so weird, bro. And, <laughs> and then finally, dro- like made the awkward stance and dropped it. I just hope people are not going to do. Maybe if you do it jokingly, if we're going to joke about it, this will be fun. But like, let's not seriously call in rules violations for drops. Like, he's below the knee, yeah. he's bending. Like, no, I, I very much agree with that. I think I mentioned this to Tron. He's like, I think I might make that my new thing. <laughs> that's his new oh, corner. God. Yeah, oh, God. that's Tron's new corner. Uh, and you can direct any potential drop violations to at Tron Carter NLU. So, shout out Lou Brown, who I thought had a really good tweet on the whole drop. Uh, you know, what you guys are talking about dropping from the knee. So the knee drop rule might most hurt players who feed off carrying themselves like alphas. Try to imagine vintage Palmer, guns out, hair slicked back, dart in the corner of his mouth, in a half curtsy, dropping his ball coming down the stretch. He says you can't. It's That's, impossible. It's you have like as somebody who's a, a tall person. This is this rule prejudice against you. I said your, your knee is higher than anybody else. Well, yeah, but his shoulders, bit, but his shoulders higher than our shoulders too. Fair enough. Uh, I'd like to do the math to see if it okay. is. Uh, Are you going to do the heightest? <laughs> sure. No, I will not do the math. Um, I was going to say I liked. Uh, I forgot to mention Xander eagling twelve and then topping it on thirteen was absolutely brilliant. That's that yeah made my day. Although he was trying to hit like a little flighted shot. I'm not sure he really topped it. I think he really topped it, but yeah. I think he like uh, yeah. I don't know how far it went. It went like all the way into the bunker. He only like one twenty nine in or something like that. Really? The, yeah. Oh, I mean, I think it was. Smokes. I think he was trying not to hit to the bottom of the hill. And uh, he's just trying to hit like a little punch driver, but it looked a lot like a top. Um, enjoyed uh, a lot of you know the obligatory current FedEx Cup leader Charles Howe finishing out on eighteen, <laughs> getting that mention in. Uh, and I also enjoyed the graphics that showed the results of the four majors and the results from the players. It was like, who's looking at that? And if you just had the majors up there, who was looking at that and being like, ah, yeah, but what about the players, man? <laughs> like, I get why they're doing it. I get it, but yeah, that sounded that felt like a little bit of a PGA Tour flex. It did look like they were not doing the little green graphics next to players on the graph like the little green fedex cup projected movement next to the players on their score is that a new thing is it going to continue now i'm not sure i noticed that was there oh it was it was there like (laughs) that was the best it was like there in january like oh this guy's gonna fall the top 125 not good what'd you guys think of the new graphics package honestly (laughs) like it was fine it doesn't bother me yeah it's 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 one of those things that my gut reaction to that question is i who cares like i I don't want to talk about this if you had to put a gun to my head and said you're on a podcast talking about golf so weigh in coming coming with some some hot fire on the graphics package i'd say it looked really fucking stupid (laughs) but uh i I was gonna say my is is that fair like i i I don't care but also it's dumb right and i and i i think my influence could be drastically swayed one way or another if i 
found out how much money was spent to develop <laughs> the new graphics. That's my whole thing with it. Is like somebody got paid to switch this to whatever. Was there it is. a search committee for graphic <laughs> yeah, artists? Exactly. And somebody made a point in the refuge, which I'm hoping is the case. Is is the new graphics? It's very ambiguous graphics package. Is this going to be uniform between Golf Channel, NBC, and CBS? And does this mean we no longer have the coverage gap? It could be. If that's the case, I'm gonna I'm gonna withdraw on comments for sure. If that's the case, then all in. Like Listen, if that solves of course. The, I don't care enough about the graphics. No. I agree. It looks dumb. But they, I don't really actually care. They looked very generic, like yeah. which I guess mm-hmm. would lend credence to your point. I believe one of the uh, comments it looked like a video game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It looked like <laughs> a non licensed like an, like an video unlicensed video game. game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I guess I would say like it very much looked like it was designed by committee. Yeah. Which could could lend uh, you know some credibility to the the fact that both CBS and NBC is going to use them, which we'll see. Yeah, if there's any PR folks that are listening to this and want to want to want to share that announcement that the, the coverage gap is yeah. going away, we would we would celebrate that very strongly. So. The coverage gap is going from 15 minutes to 12 and a half minutes, and also include the budget <laughs> and yes, the time spent to develop them. I would be very keen to see those uh, that data. Uh, I want to explain the. There was uh, a lot of shot tracer, by the way. There was, there was a lot was, of shot tracer from the fairway. Yeah. So yeah, that was yeah. cool, especially like on 18. That's a perfect place to yes. have shot tracer. Kind of a non sequitur, uh, but regarding the telecast in Hawaii, it's awesome. And somebody, gosh, somebody should spell out, if anyone from Golf Channel is listening to this, someone should spell out how this actually works because it's legit fascinating, uh, a fascinating feat of logistics, how they get all the TV equipment between Maui, Oahu, and wherever the champions event is, yeah, uh, because they have to legit put them on shipping barges yeah. and move them around from one week to to the other, and it's really cool how they do that. Usually, so that, yeah, there's a picture or two or video yeah. that goes out that like makes you kind of realize the logistics. Yeah, and that's where exactly, there. and that's where just you know for, for a little bit of uh, keeping this hashtag fair and balanced. Uh, every time we rip on the telecast, I'm like, I guess you guys do have to put all the shit on a barge yeah. and no. float it between islands to we try are, to. We are praising to get this, this telecast. Yeah, 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 we are praising. The graphics look dumb. Yeah, like, that's the way sure. it is. But listen, <laughs> praising the telecast. I want to explain and open up open discussion on my swag walk. Start the conversation. Here. Yeah, start the conversation. I said the two swaggiest <laughs> open a dialogue walks in golf are DJ and Woodland, and everyone's oh, Rory. Well, I said Rory also before you tweeted it. But well, I asked you, and you're like, "No, that's that's fine. You're good with." Those I was like, two. "Yeah, it's Rory." And you're like, "No, it's not." I'm like, "Okay, cool." No, nah, <laughs> listen, Rory doesn't have a swaggy walk. He's got like a strut. It's not swaggy. Like it's too much energy. Well, he's, he's not tall enough for it to be swaggy. Exactly. He kind like, of he kind of bops. Like, like he, he kind of bounces down the fairway. Yeah, Are you I with me? I, Which yeah, is why I, I backed off. I yeah, think, yeah, that's fine. I agree with Chris. Yeah, it's like a he's kind of just got his. Both of them kind of have their pelvic area. You guys like, can't see this, but it's very <laughs> accurate what he's doing. Far out in front. They kind of walk with this, like, don't give a fuck attitude. And, like, that is the difference between I the think, way Rory walks. And I guys. think Rory's shoulders are too far forward yeah. for it to be swaggy. It's a lot of bounce. It's, like it's, yeah. Your shoulders got to be way back. I like it when like he's Dustin, got it going. Dustin and, and Woodland have their shoulders way back. Yeah. I, I will say this, though. I think VJ might be the godfather of the swaggy walk. That's a really okay. good take. That's a good take. I forgot about that because he, 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 he has He's DJ's very, very gait. La- languid. Yeah. He, yes. Yeah. He is. He has an oily gait. Yeah. Like a jungle cat. He does. The people saying tiger. Like, come on. That's not. Yeah. I. I agree. There's yeah. nothing. There's it's nothing not crazy there. about it's it. Not, it's all context. It's the cat, the tiger. But yeah. like, come on. All right. That's all. I had to explain that. I almost got ratioed on that one. <laughs> uh, last thing, and then we'll get to uh, we'll get to Sergio here. But I want to talk about Jay Monahan's comments this past week on uh, the old golf ball and distance. This is from Golf Week. He said. Here's the way I look at it. Players are getting younger. They're getting more athletic. Look at those two things. Then you look at technology and data, and players can optimize their swings. They can optimize their clubs. And that trend only continues in terms of power of technology and data. You look at course conditioning, and you look at weather. There's a lot of variables that go into it. This is in response to like... Which the, is pretty pretty boilerplate anti-rollback yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's, but that's it's in response to the, the drives going four yards longer in 18 and 17. Then Which is says, a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> Then he says, we're going to understand everybody's perspectives as the USGA and RNA move forward with their distance insights project. But it's hard to argue you should be changing anything right now because the sport is growing and thriving. 
Ooh. That last part is like that's the reason why I, I had to say a lot of it. I would say it context, is, but technically, it is hard to argue because nobody is on the same page and everybody has their own like biases and yes. blinders. I was going to say, yeah, he and, needs yeah. he needs to show his cards on that last. <laughs> so yeah, semantically, last it is a very hard argument to have with anybody. And uh, also the growing and thriving thing. Like, are we saying that before Tiger comes back this year? <laughs> like ratings are look look at ratings for 2015, yeah. 2016, 2017. Obviously, this year it's like a huge spike. Are we going to try to pretend like the game is growing and thriving? Right well, let's now? throw it over. I mean, to our, our we have an in-house grow the game correspondent, Big Randy. What, what do you think about this? I, I love growing the game. <laughs> nothing gets nothing gets me as passionate as growing the game, uh, except maybe shrinking the game. Except shrinking the game. So, I, for the last three years, I've it's been a somewhat uh, private crusade, but I I I've been a big proponent of shrinking the game. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do, I do not know. I have not been convinced how growing the game, well, there is one way, but I, what I was going to say is I have not been convinced how growing the game benefits me as an individual. And I will say the one way, maybe it does, and it's, you know, it's very circuitous, is if you grow the game, it's global, then the chances that you capture like the, the phenom, you know, gets pulled into the web of golf is greater. Right. And so... Which makes it more enjoyable to watch. As a viewer, it makes it more enjoyable to watch. Right. I'll say the only other way is like having more people of like similarities that you could play golf with is another way it would benefit you. But yeah, but then you run into the whole downstream stuff of like, yeah, well, that's like that for everybody. And then everything's just crowded and long and, you know. <laughs> well, I think the sweet spot is the, like the game needs to stay the same size it is, right? Like it, if it's not growing, then it's maybe possibly probably shrinking. If it shrinks too much, then courses close and then blah 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 so it's it's hard to say because we're in a very sweet spot right now because we have a local muni that's not too crowded right uh we have a bunch of other we can kind of play a lot of golf it's not it's not too crowded it's not too expensive but obviously you know if, if the the market shrinks too much then then that changes so uh listen the shrink the game thing is more tongue in, obviously yeah <laughs> more much more tongue-in-cheek and, and we're going to well, continue to study it and i, I know i'm supposed to say obviously it is <laughs> Yeah. And this is where I'm like also saying like n- not really. I totally hear you. The whole hashtag grow the game is put on pushed by people that benefit greatly financially by the game it's, getting it's bigger. For sure. And that's for where sure. I will say what was the quote? Uh, it's hard to argue you should changing you should be changing anything right now because the sport is growing and thriving. I don't know if the sport is growing and thriving or if the PGA Tour is growing and thriving or if the USGA is growing and thriving or if blah 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 blah. But all of those things are so like they're so, so subjective. subjective and there's so much context and it's like how many how many golf courses were built this year versus how many closed yeah like the sport is not fucking growing it's not <laughs> kidding thriving me? when like bunkers are totally out of place now because yeah. you can't push tee backs tee boxes back far enough and so many courses have become obsolete because of how far the golf ball goes and how uniform the product of the pga tour has become and the golf courses you go to and how you set it up so i will say the other the flip side of that is from a strictly pga tour perspective and as the commissioner of the pga tour with all of the crazy amounts of of you know again downstream effects that would go into changing anything i get where from his subjective position yeah it's hard to like think about why this should change right now there's there's a ton and i'm sure people will will chime in on all the things you just said about golf courses not being relevant and you know players being rendered obsolete and all these different things but I agree. It's I, I, the I agree. most complex issue that there is. And so I get him saying that. And I also get a fan being like, that's dumb. dude. It's like not hard to argue. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can give you 50 reasons yeah. why it's not the case, but I get what you're saying. I, I think what's really interesting too, and this could be a terrible take, but if, if you project out, you know, where this, the, the PGA is headed, right? Professional golf, it, it's because everybody, because of the technology, everybody has access to the technology Everybody is becoming more athletic, stronger, right? Um, the the margin, the, the skill of playing golf is shrinking, right? And so I think what professional golf is in danger of is becoming almost like Formula One racing, where the separation is just so fractional. It's it's on the margins, right? And I, I think you know, looking at some other major sports like basketball. You know, when they loosened 
when they give offensive players freedom of movement and, and really started enforcing hand checking and, and take some of the physicality out of the game, that lets the skill flourish. And, and I, I think, you know, that's where this is headed is professional golf is just going to turn into a very vanilla, bland um some would argue we're already there. Exactly. And, you know, I think that's that's where these people just don't have the foresight is, you know, you, you got to impose some stuff to really let the skill shine. Um, and that's what frustrates me the most, I think. Well said. I think that's pretty much it we have for uh, for everything else. We have we we were out actually at the uh, so we'll roll into the right after this at uh, with our interview from with Sergio Garcia from the uh, Callaway product launch, which I think well, like, and that's what I was going to say. The only thing I was going to add is like Neil hit it three twenty five with the new yeah. driver. Right, <laughs> pretty exciting. Like the ball's going really far. It's guys. going really far, <laughs> and the equipment's going really far, and it's it's. It's, as long as it's legal, yeah. like we're gonna have fun yeah, with this exactly. stuff. Like for us, it's fun to hit it really far. Yeah. Listen, like it's we're not like, again. It's because it's and legal. that's like steroids in baseball, right? It just became the three run home run game, yeah. and now you're seeing a bit more, you know, different styles of. of I, I just feel like we've seen this in other sports. This, you know, everything is just becoming so. Um, it, it's just too similar. Anyways, I was going to say we had a great time at the product <laughs> launch where we the ball is going very, very, very far. But uh, it is so hard to do something like what they did, which is, you know, in a very corporate environment, kind of just rolling it out, having a bunch of people out and saying, you guys can go do whatever you want, create your own content. Like, we're not going to schedule your day out or anything like that. Just like, go have fun. And it was a blast. It was so much fun. So. Yeah, it was hard to picture kind of even like what it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I've never been to one of these before. Yeah, this it was, was kind of just like a big playground where you could do whatever you want you can hit drivers or wedges or irons or putters or and, yeah it was yeah. super fun ton of great people they brought together uh it's good to you know we consume as much or more golf content than anybody else so cool to meet a lot of the people behind a lot of that stuff uh that's always fun and we got some good stuff coming starting with the uh interview that you're about to hear and we got to test the uh, new epic flash woods i've got i just ordered my epic flash sub-zero driver featuring the new flash face technology and what really actually impressed me was the 2019 apex pro irons which uh as soon as i can get those in the bag i will be doing so and that was, I think, uh, the first time for all of us ever really getting properly fit for a driver. It was fun to kind of tweak the shafts and the heads and the settings and just watch that ball speed rise and rise and rise. Uh, coincidentally, the gentleman who just won the event, Xander Shoffley, has both of those already in the bag. So Callaway is off to a very quick start in the 2019 season. So a lot more from our experience there uh, from the product launch. And uh, you can also find a ton more info at CallawayGolf.com. You'll see why a lot of people are talking about this driver and uh, all of the ball speed that's been gained from this one. So uh, without any further delay, let's get into our interview with Sergio Garcia. Thanks again to the folks at Callaway for helping set this up and for to Sergio for the time. Cheers. All right. So we're out here at the ECPC with Callaway. You made a big equipment change last year. What's the most important aspect for you when you're making a change? Is it the ball? Is it the irons? What's like your go-to, would you say? Well, I think uh, probably the biggest change is the ball. Yeah, I think it's the most the most important uh, kind of change that you uh, piece of equipment that you can do. Uh, obviously, the clubs are important, and the driver is important, uh, but uh, but the golf is probably the you know it's it's really the only thing that doesn't change in every shot you hit. Uh, so it's the one that has to perform every single time. And what do you look for in a ball? Do you play a spinnier ball, low spin? Do you look to loft it? Keep no, it I'm I'm usually a high spinner kind of uh, swing uh, player. So so usually I try to get something uh, a little bit with less spin, <clears throat> but still because you know because I'm 39, almost 39, and 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 I was brought up with turboladders and professionals and stuff like that you know I, I still like to see a little bit of spin so i can work the ball you know nowadays a lot of the young kids they just tee it up high and hit it as hard as they can and you know everything is up in the air and um so i still like to try to work the ball a little bit um so it's it's a mix of a little bit of spin but obviously 
trying to maximize the the, the launch and uh, spin conditions for for maximum distance. We talked a little bit about it when we were doing the video out there on the range, but I want to I want to kind of understand where your swing ca- came from. I think when we all saw your swing in the '90s for the first time, we all I was a kid. I was trying to imitate it. I was trying to learn how to get the lag, and it it ended up with a lot of hosel rockets hitting dead right. But where did you learn that swing, and how has it really evolved over the years? Well, I mean, my my dad is the one that taught me, but. Uh, you had to be small to start with uh, when you when you grew up playing golf, which which I was, and it was just a, a movement that I I developed because, you know, I obviously I, I wanted to keep up with the guys I was playing with that, that were taller than me and older than me, and and uh, and it was kind of my way of being able to get a little bit of extra distance, you know, being able to get a little bit of extra speed and, um, you know, I developed that, that little lag and um, kind of worked worked on it as, as the years went by. And then just kind of as you got later in your career, did you, did you was it a conscious decision to have less lag in the swing and just kind yeah. of tightened it out? Tightened yeah, it all definitely. Yeah. Uh, I remember I remember when it was too, uh, uh, with my dad in, in 2000, 2003, uh, I think it was a Ribera, I uh, I sat down with my with my father and I said, you know, we we need to tighten things up because I'm I'm getting a little bit bigger, I'm getting a little bit stronger, and and I feel like I'm I'm losing control of 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 that lag, like it's it's too big, and you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of losing with with my body. So so we started working on it, kind of trying to make make sure the path would be a little bit. Uh, not as uh, it wouldn't be quite as much movement, mm-hmm. and um, you know we worked on it as, as the year went by. Obviously, without losing it because it is it is my signature move, and and I don't want to lose that. But uh, kind of tighten it up a little bit. Asking you to go back in the memory bank. I mean, you've had a long, successful career, but I want to know you you burst on the scene at such a young age, and I want to know is there like a moment that you could look back at and remember, or like holy crap, like I'm here, like I'm here faster than I thought I would be or kind of a a, uh, a starstruck moment or a moment that felt too big for you or something kind of in that initial part of your career where you look back and like, wow, I was young and out over my skis. Yeah, no, when when you turn pro, obviously I was I was fortunate to to have a good amateur career. But once you turn pro, you start from, from zero, you start yeah. from scratch. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was confident and I, I i believed in my ability and stuff but you never know you know it's it's a fresh star you're playing against the best players in the world and i think that to uh when i won my first tournament in, in europe on my fourth start uh, that obviously was uh it was important and it was it was huge to to get me momentum my first tournament in the u.s the, the bar nelson that i finished third that was that was also very important for me to kind of settle down and 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 you know kind of show myself yeah I, I, I know here. I know that I can do it, but this is kind of confirming it for me, and and that uh, you know that start obviously gave me a lot of confidence and kind of settled me in and into the tours and and uh, kind of made things a little bit easier. Not easy because it's it's never easy when you're playing against all these amazing players, but it kind of made it a tiny bit easier. Was it intimidating to come to the states? Before I, I talked to John Rom some about this too. He said he was oblivious as to how he thought his English was good enough when he moved here, and then he got here and he's like, "Oh, I don't understand it all." Was it intimidating at all when you made that transition to to go to a place where it's not your first language? I mean, you speak it wonderfully, of course, but was at that time was it different? Uh, yes, it was for yeah. sure. Thank you, by the way. Um, but uh, the good thing for me is when when I started coming here, I was. I think I was 13 years old, mm-hmm. so I knew that my my English needed to improve, and and I was getting lessons in Spain. Uh, not only you get it in school, which is mandatory, but I was do, I was doing like lessons outside of school to to make sure because I knew that if you know if I ended up playing golf, which is what what I love doing, that I was gonna need to to speak English, uh, you know, fairly decently. So um, so then. I realized, yeah, but but the good thing for me is I'm I'm I've never been a, a shy kind of guy, so I wasn't afraid of making mistakes, and and then people will, you know, will tell me, oh no, you know, this that way, and then you kind of learn uh-huh. from it. But I do have some some funny stories about yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, I remember. What are some of your favorites? Yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember one uh, playing a. Uh, I think I was playing a British youth in in England, and. You know, I played in the morning, and and I was it was with the Spanish team, and 
yeah, I think it was like six or seven of us. So I play in the morning, so I finished. And typically, uh, like like the the courses in in the UK, you know, the the clubhouse, like the bar, it's it's the restaurant is is look is overlooking the 18th hole. So. Um, I uh, I remember I sat down. I finished my run. I was like, okay, you know, I'm just gonna have a little sandwich or something, eat something, and I'm gonna watch my my partners kind of come in as 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 they finish. So I went uh, I went in there. I think I was like 13 or 14, and I went uh, I went into the bra- into the bar and uh, I sat down and you know I read the um, the waiter comes and he's like, well, "What would you like to eat?" And and I'm like, "Okay, can I have a a lemonade to drink and and um, can I have a a jam and cheese sandwich?" Obviously, I wanted to get a ham and cheese sandwich, <laughs> but you know, I'm so young and I didn't right. speak English perfectly, and and I was like, "Can I have a jam and cheese sandwich?" And and the guy looked at me and said, "It's like jam and cheese," and I was like, uh, "Looked at him, yeah, jam and cheese." He's like, "Are you sure?" Like yeah 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 jam and cheese and so he so he leaves and he's like okay okay so he leaves and I'm thinking I mean what's so weird about ordering a ham and cheese sandwich I mean what what's wrong what's wrong with this guy I mean he, he's never had a, I mean we have ham and cheese sandwich in Spain yeah. all the time so I'm you know I'm, I don't think much of it and and I'm I'm sitting there and I'm I'm looking at the guys coming in and finishing the rounds and stuff and the guy just puts my drink there and puts the sandwich and obviously it's a jam and cheese sandwich <laughs> it was like a it was a i think it was the i don't know if it was strawberry but it, i think it was berries it was yeah. like blackberry and and cheese and i looked at it and i looked at him and i said what is this <laughs> <laughs> and he's like jam and cheese sandwich is what you order and i and i and i just like thought for a minute and i looked at him and i said oh my god I'm like sorry no i meant ham and cheese it's like okay I, I thought that's okay. what <laughs> but uh, yeah it was a weird looking yeah. sandwich <laughs> <laughs> a lot has changed for you but both personally and professionally the last two years of going from winning the Masters I don't remember exactly when you got married and you had a kid how do you begin to kind of sum up what this the last couple of years have been like? Yeah, I won the Masters, then obviously got married uh, that same year in yes. 2017 in in uh, in in June, uh, and then we had Azalea the next next March. So um, yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been fun. It's been great. Uh, obviously, having a kid, it's it's been the biggest change. Um, you know, winning the Masters was amazing. It was a an unbelievable experience and and something that obviously I. I was looking forward my whole career, my whole life, and 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 dreamt of it for for so many years. Uh, but then, obviously, getting married to Angela and 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 having our our first child was uh, was something amazing. And and you know, we've we've enjoyed it. It's obviously, been uh, a lot of changes, and and you have to get used to them, um, which is not easy. But you know, we've uh, we have, and and now we we're really really enjoying it. You know, she's she's almost ten months old, and it's it's just getting a lot of she's going to be a lot of fun, and you get to do a lot more things with the with her and stuff. So it's uh, you like being a dad. So yeah, far. It's been, yeah, yeah, it's been great. It's been great. <laughs> I mean, what is what what changed from you from a career standpoint after winning the Masters? Did you feel like anything really changed for you as far as how you viewed your career? Did, was that a big monkey off your back? Uh, I mean, uh, I'll be lying to you if I didn't say it was a little bit of a, getting a monkey off my back for sure. But but it wasn't that a massive deal. Uh, it was it was more than anything for me. It was more like a feeling proud of myself than than proving anything to anyone. So uh, that's that's the way I looked at it, and you know, I was I was just proud of of being able to do it, and after having so many close calls and um you know more than more than you know just kind of showing and say ah there you go guys uh you see the all of you that you said i couldn't do it there it is no it wasn't it wasn't that so but uh but it was it was very special uh the way the way it happened uh obviously against who who it happened against justin and that they were good friends and and you know the reception I got on 18 and everything. It was uh, it was just something something very very nice. Is there any way to prepare for what the the pressure of a playoff at the Masters is like? Did it feel really different than anything else? It's it, I don't know. Uh, to 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 be totally honest, 
it just depends on the moment uh like that moment i felt comfortable i felt i felt calm uh i, I felt very at ease so so it wasn't I, i've had playoffs that that have been much tougher than that and they weren't they weren't for a, for a major so uh it's just uh it's just the moment is how you feel that that right at that time and and how you kind of take that 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 moment um uh, but uh you know fortunately for me i i felt really really comfortable really good and that's that's why i played the way i played looking back at it now i think it was in 2012 i forget the year exactly <clears throat> though maybe it was a little later you had a comment a rather infamous quote where you said you maybe you didn't think you could win a major and that you were playing for second do you regret saying that or what was kind of the reasoning no. behind saying that? no no i don't no is i mean i've I've always said it, you know. I, I'm very honest and, and very truthful, and 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 that's the way I felt right at that moment after that round. You know, it was. I remember it was a Saturday. I think I played. I played with Rory. We were both close to the lead, and and you know, we neither of us had a good day, and and at that moment I felt like that. It didn't mean that when I left that week my mind changed then i thought you know i of course i can't do it because i kept putting myself in situations to do it so um you know but uh you know it was just one of those moments where i was a little frustrated and i just said what i felt mm -hmm. and uh you know that's that's the way it is did you see i, I kind of want to hear from from you what you've what your relationship with has uh, what relationship with american fans has been like over the course of the years and uh from from my perspective I, it's there's been some kind of rocky times i think you would say and then it feels like on the more, closer to the back half of your career it felt like the crowds have really rallied around you is that is that how you would view it i wouldn't say that no, no. uh i don't think um i don't think there's been rocky times i think that it's it's a mix of Obviously, I'm European and and I play Ryder Cups and I've done well in the Ryder Cups. So, so some of the Americans fans are not gonna like that. The, the the true. My true fans, Americans or not Americans, it, they don't care about that. You know, they they just they just love to follow me no matter what. And obviously, yeah, it doesn't mean that when when we get to a Ryder Cup, they're gonna they're gonna cheer for Europe, sure. but. You know they're happy if I do well, and uh, they're even happier if if the U.S. team wins. But it's that that little percentage that we all have them. Sure. Not only myself, but and and they like to be heard. They, they like to be funny, and uh, you know maybe they're out there with their friends, and they're just trying to make funny comments to to feel important in front of their friends or something like that. So, but unfortunately, that that happens in every sport and, 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 and it happens to every every single player. I don't think there's there's a player that doesn't that doesn't get you right. know, a little bit of heckled here and there. Uh, it doesn't matter what who you are or what your name is. It's getting worse now with cell phones. Now people can record themselves yelling something at a player and, and get a reaction from <clears throat> yeah. people around but, them. But you yeah. know, that's that's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's the way that uh, the world is evolving and uh, and uh, and sports are, are evolving and yeah. You know, it's it, there's nothing you can really do about it. I was curious after kind of what was a, a bit of an uncharacteristic season for you, what the process was like leading up to your captain selection, what how close in contact you were with Thomas Bjorn, whether or not you know there was a specific vision for who you were going to be playing with, and whether or not that course was a great fit for you. What was that like this past year? Did you feel pressure to make the team on your own? Um, no. Well, I mean, I I started the year great. Obviously, last the seventeen was great, and and. The first three, yeah, the first three months of of uh, eighteen were were great. You know, played played great in in Singapore. Won there, had uh, I think two or three uh, top six seven finish in uh, here in the U.S. So so I was doing I was doing well, and then unfortunately, obviously we we hit a little bit of a bump there where where things just didn't happen a lot of you know a lot of miscuts by one shot and 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 things like that so i, I couldn't really get much uh much momentum going so as the as the season went on those those three three and a half months that that they were a little bit rougher that was right after you had azalea right um well, yeah, it was a little bit after, okay. but yeah, um, it wasn't her fault though. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not playing with her. But being a, a father of yeah. a baby, changes no, it, it does. It does change. Definitely. It does change things a lot, and you have to get used to them. New and, routine, and, and yeah, and and that that obviously took me took me a little bit of time, and uh, but it was good to go through it. Uh, I think it it made me even stronger after that. 
so as 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 that happened, yeah, the, there were thoughts of, you know, I thought I was gonna make it by myself, and then you know, I was kind of like just out, and and then there were thoughts where, oh, you know, I, maybe that you know Thomas won't even pick me because even though I felt like I wasn't playing badly, uh, but you know things were happening where, you know, I was missing a cut by one here and there and here and there, and and I couldn't get any momentum going. So, um, fortunately, you know, I, you know, I played a little bit better in uh, a couple of tournaments in Europe, uh, just before the summer, uh, in Germany and, and at the French open where we, where we were going to play the Ryder cup. So that was, I think that was important, uh, for probably for, for Thomas to, to see that even though without being at my best, I still almost won that, that, uh, the French open, I had a chance to win it. So, uh, and I liked the course. Um, and then, uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I played quite nicely in, um, in Greensboro, uh, even though I didn't have the, the, the greatest finish on Sunday. Uh, and I felt like, you know, my game was starting to, to get better and change and, and mentally and everything. Um, then obviously he picked me and I, I played great in, in Portugal and obviously played very nice at the Ryder Cup and, and then the, the end of the year was, was really really solid really good it seemed like your guys team had a little chip on your shoulder a little bit this year with uh, with the, the, like, the maybe the cockiness or arrogance a bit of the American team or fans does that seem to be a, a presence in the locker room no well there's always uh, I mean we don't need I don't know obviously I'm I'm not American I'm not in the sure. in the team room but uh, us as the European we don't need extra motivation motivation for right. for Radica. we we love it and uh but uh but it did feel like some people were like already given the trophy to the to the US team because yeah they they don't get me wrong they had a great team sure. but you know but the Ryder Cup is different and once you get there you know things happen, and um, you know, obviously the course was wasn't ideal for them, which which was great for us because we were more comfortable in that kind of course. It's a course that we've we've all played, and we uh, we felt very familiar with it. So um, you know there there were several things that uh, that were in our favor coming into it, and and obviously they showed us as the week went on. Great. I'll let you get out of here on the very last question. It's one of our favorite questions we'd love to ask. When was the last time you paid for golf? Uh, mm, I don't. Well, I um, yeah. I think uh, I think I remember. Uh, it's not. It's not. Like, too that that <laughs> far away. But uh, I remember we went on a, on a trip with uh, with some friends uh, to Ireland, and uh, we obviously had to pay for accommodation mm-hmm. and and you know the the plane for all of us and stuff but um i would say it was probably it's probably at least seven or eight years ago that makes sense, <laughs> that makes sense. all right thanks for the time sergio best thank of luck you. this coming year and uh we'll hope to catch up with you again soon perfect Cheers. thank you guys thanks. be the right club be the right club today yeah! Yeah, i mean that's Better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect 